This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number four him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Hey, we're fueling the faith and work movement here five days a week, providing resource for workplace believers like you. I Work For Him is on the air now. You know, every day we try to bring a challenge and we try to bring equipping on a daily basis to help you bring freedom to the masses that are enslaved in the workplaces each and every day. No, not that kind of slavery, but Jesus said he came to set the captives free. And those are the people we work alongside each and every day. That's why it's so important that we get this message, that we understand that our faith impacts our work, that our workplace is a mission field, and that you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. Many of you may remember, but I thought it would be worthy of a great reminder today. Our guest today, Oz Hillman, through his faithfulness to the call in his life, led to the transformation of my life. You see, back in the mid-2000s, Oz was sending out daily emails called Today, God is First, TGIF, to over 250,000 people. One of those people, my good friend Bob Cater, right out of Cumming, Georgia, the very friend who gave me the book Halftime, he introduced me to TGIF, and it transformed my thinking and shifted my paradigm permanently so that I would recognize that my workplace is my mission field and also a place of ministry. This TGIF email, which is still available today, you can subscribe today, led Martha and me, on the way to being right here on iWorkFrame Radio. I can't wait for you to hear from one of my mentors and now my friend, Oz Hillman of Marketplace Leaders and the Change Agent Network. Oz, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hey, Jim. So good to be with you again. You know, I appreciate you so much. I, I just want to start off getting people introduced to you again because we've got the, you know, now that we're adding in the audience in Jacksonville and St. Augustine and Folkestone, Georgia, and all over Tampa Bay, and we've got an FM station in Lakeland, Florida, and of course on iHeartRadio across the country. I want people to hear from you, Oz Hillman, about how the Lord led you to become so passionate about the integration of our faith and our work. Well, Jim, I uh, had been a Christian a number of years. I came to Christ when I was about 22 years old. And I ultimately ended up in business owning an ad agency called the Aslan Group. Of course, uh, the Aslan represents Aslan and the Chronicles of Narnia. And already at that point in the early 80s, we were wanting to represent Christ in how we did our work. But I went through a crisis in 1994 that kind of took me uh, really much deeper into this message. And uh, it was due to the crisis that lasted seven years that I began to really study the scriptures and see that so many of us, you know, um, separate our faith life from our work life. And I began to see the Bible 
through that lens that God uh, wants to help us experience Him in the everyday aspect of our working life. And so I just began writing about it, writing a daily devotional about it. And people uh, really resonated with it. They they kept emailing me and saying, you read my mail today right where I'm at. And so I was helping them understand, you know, in my journey of adversity as well as the concept of integrating my faith life with my work life. So how did, let's just, I want to plug this many times during the show today, but how do people sign up to get the Today God is First daily email devotional? And I know you got... You got uh, uh, series one and series two, or you probably call them something different than that. But I know you've got two different years of them that they can go out. How do people sign up for that? Yeah, just go to todaygodisfirst dot com. Todaygodisfirst, all one word, dot com, and they can uh, see the devotional and subscribe to it for free. I love that. And I got to tell you, Oz, when I started reading those, it was like reading a different book. I'm like, what kind of Christianity is this? Nobody ever told me that my faith and my work should be connected. I'd never, ever heard a sermon like that. And, and so to hear that from you, and I remember reading it, it was it was early in 2006 when I got my first, when my buddy started forwarding to me. And then he goes, you know, Jim, I don't have to forward these. You could get these yourself. I'm like, okay, great idea. So <laughs> I was so excited, but it, it opened up my eyes. I never... I never, I, I never had, I mean, I had, I had a, Martha and I had a chain of insurance agencies. And so I understood that I was doing ministry, but I didn't think of my selling insurance as a ministry. I thought of all the extra stuff I did with my clients that was the ministry, but to be able to connect that as a risk manager. And as I was managing this IT department for a huge company to see that my management could be pastoral, that was just such a huge eye opener for me. I just got to thank you. And I thank you for being faithful to the calling on your life, because I know you have impacted millions of people. And one day when you walk through those pearly gates, and I know I'd like that to be a long ways off from now, but how cool will be, will be that homecoming when you get to meet some of those people that you've discipled? Well, you never know how God is using the things that you do when you start out. Uh, and that's why it's so important for us to be faithful to the little things that we do. Uh, when I started writing this, I had no idea that it would ultimately, you know, end up in 104 countries and touch so many people. But, you know, it's the grace of God that he gives us the opportunity to be used by him. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. All right. So you started laying the groundwork for the faith and work movement within the faith and work movement over 25 years ago. And as you compare to where our country was 25 years ago to where it is today, in the understanding, so obviously we're talking about Christ followers, in their understanding of connecting faith and work, what, what's the biggest encouragement to you as you compare 25 years ago to today? Well, there's much more awareness for sure. There's been hundreds of books written on the topic. I mean, the, the, you know, when I first started out, I'd go into a bookstore and I'd look for some type of book on faith and work. I couldn't find any. And so uh, I uh, ended up starting my own online bookstore called TGIFbookstore.com, and I started identifying those books out there that were addressing this topic and was putting them on our website. But today, literally, there are, you know, hundreds and hundreds of books on this topic. The other thing, there's a lot of conferences that have been going on, and there's even an organization that's geared for pastors uh, helping those pastors understand better how to equip the church in the workplace, as we like to call it. You know, the, we like to say there's two churches, one in the inside the four walls of the weekly congregation, but then there's a much bigger one out there in the workplace, the ecclesia, um, that 
where two or three are gathered, they form a church, and so it's the church in the workplace. Well, and have you seen pastors come alongside? Because I, I know that one of the reasons the pastors have struggled is they weren't taught this in seminary either. I mean, this was something that was really a whole I, a new idea, the whole equipping of the saints for outside of the four walls of the church. That was something that was a new idea because that's not what they were taught. They were taught to equip people to do ministry within the four walls of the church. Do you see pastors really starting to grasp this as well? And I know you were referring to Made to Flourish, yeah. which we've, re- we've referred to many times on the air, uh-huh. madetoflourish.org, great organization. How do you see pastors grasping onto this today? I see it as pockets. I don't see it broadly accepted today. I see pockets of uh, churches that that gravitate toward. These are kind of the early adopters. Um, but I still, th- I still think we have a long way to go to help that uh, to be part of the DNA of the local church, because I, I really think that's what's important, that if pastors really understood the influence they could have by relating to men and women in the workplace as having a calling on their life to the workplace, it would change everything in the context of the local church and how they equip them. And so we've got still work to do on that. And uh, so I, um, I'm looking forward to, you know, more and more of that penetration into the, you know, local churches. Well, and you mentioned conferences, and, and I've been watching it, and, and Martha and I this year are going to try to get involved in way more of those conferences and highlighting them on the air so people can get involved. You and I are headed off to Washington, D.C. tomorrow morning for uh, a, a thing called the Impact Summit, and you've, you're actually going to be hosting a seminar on Friday afternoon in D.C. Tell us about that. Yeah, we're uh, going to be up there in Washington, and we're going to do, do a workshop from 8 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. on the Joseph Calling six stages to uh, discover, navigate, and fulfill your purpose. And so it's not too late to sign up. If you happen to be in the in the area, just go to tgifbookstore.com and click on events, and uh, you'll see that. But, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that. It's going to be a great time together. And, you know, certainly Hobby Lobby is one of those uh, poster child companies that do what we are talking about, right. you know, that they have – literally lived out their faith in the workplace and to the point that they had to take a stand against the Supreme Court and uh, God was favorable toward them. And if they had lost, you know, it would have been a $1.3 million fine every day and would have risked their business. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And they're hosting us. The the Museum of the Bible is hosting the Impact Summit over the next couple of days. I look forward to being together there. All right. We're talking today with Oz Hillman about his ministry. And there's so many different places. You can check them out online at marketplaceleaders.org. But if you want to get his daily email, and I highly recommend it. If you are new to this whole idea of connecting our faith and our work, you need to sign up. Go to todaygodisfirst.com. Todaygodisfirst.com. Get signed up right away. This was life transformational for me and for Martha and for so many of my friends that I forwarded this to. Todaygodisfirst.com. Todaygodisfirst.com. Oz, at one point in time, that email, well, how many people are getting it today? Because I know you told me at one point in time that on a daily basis, we're 250 to 300,000 people getting it. How many people get today got us first today? Well, it's less than, well, it's less uh, actual subscribers, but the readership, because it, uh, social media and uh, digital marketing has changed so much, many people <laughs> access it by their phone or access it on our social media TGIF site that has 140,000 uh, followers there. So, it's kind of hard to figure out how many people actually get it 
because they get it from so many different sources now. I love that. I love, and there's so many different ways to connect with marketplace leaders and all the different ministries you've got. What you've got several ministries that you're involved with. You got today, got us first, which we've talked about. Marketplace leaders, the Change Agent Network. Talk to us about. Tell us about all the stuff you got going on there. Well, you know, I have a passion to equip and train men and women to see their work as a calling. And several years ago, I was getting requests for personal mentoring and coaching, and. Uh, it was during a season where I was traveling a lot, so it was very difficult. So what I decided to do was uh, create a website called the Change Agent Network. And on that site, we would put our training on there. And uh, today, it's a, it's a fantastic site that has over 37 courses on it, over 100 videos, and 50 case studies, and a weekly newsletter, and a monthly call with those that are members. And so if if there's a person that really has a desire to learn, this is a tremendous uh, opportunity for them. It's a modest cost of $37 a month to belong to the Change Agent Network, but uh, it's well worth the cost, and people just love it, and uh, we have a great time with our members. And you do a weekly call on Thursday nights typically where you're, you everybody could call in to, and to sometimes hear you interview somebody else or to have a topic discussion. But the Change Agent Network is so ripe with fantastic resources for people that are learning how to connect their faith and their work. And so much from heart knowledge of you, but other people that you've shared. But talk about what does it mean to be a change agent? Well, a change agent is anyone who is a catalyst for change, and that can be for good or bad, you know, Saddam Hussein was a change agent for evil. Hitler was a change agent for evil. Mother Teresa was a change agent for good. And Jesus was our greatest change agent for good. And so, you know, I believe that many of us uh, are not living the larger story of our, of our lives. In other words, we, we settle for less. And I believe that God wants to use us in much greater ways. Uh, I, re- I recall the story of Gideon where God came to Gideon and said, Almighty oh, warrior, and, uh, but he was hardly a warrior at the time. He was hiding behind a fence and impugning the nature of God because he didn't think God was, was helping them enough. And, uh, but God was looking at him in the context of what his future was going to become, not where he'd been, not where he was at the current time. And so often I find that many of us see ourselves uh, much smaller, uh, so, so, so much smaller than how God sees us for our future. Oz, you've been dealing with, I mean, right now you've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of members of, Change, of the Change Agent Network. And I know that you've, you've heard lots of stories. Can you share one of those stories? I didn't tell you this ahead of time, but I know you've got, you know so many people. Can you share one of those stories of somebody whose eyes were open to this and because of their involvement in the Change Agent Network, it has really transformed their work. Gosh, uh, there's been so many of them um, that, you know, have, have they come, come across my path and share their story. In fact, we started collecting them and putting them on our website. In fact, you can hear a bunch of them on todaygotusfirst.com. We created the testimony section, and every week we put a, a new video testimony of somebody up there. In fact, there's one up there right now this week that's a powerful testimony of a businessman who 
says that what, you know, after reading our stuff just transformed his life and his perspective on everything. You know, uh, and it's always amazing to me how I run into people, uh, you know, in the public square who are reading the devotional. A few years ago, I was in the airport, in the Atlanta airport, and uh, I met the chaplain of the Atlanta airport, and uh, he saw me over at the ticket counter, came over and said hello to me, and and uh, he started telling me about how much the devotional had meant in his life and how it was helping him in his own counseling ministry there at the airport. So he, we, we say our goodbyes, and then I turn to the, the ticket agent, and she looks at me and says, and I read you every day as well. <laughs> and, wow. I, I thought that was just so funny. And uh, That was probably was, a day in your life where you had said, Lord, I just need to know I'm making an impact. I just need to know you're using me. I could use a little encouragement. I mean, do you ever have days like that where you just need to be encouraged? Oh, absolutely. You know, I had a similar thing happen at Home Depot, and I had a similar thing happen uh, at uh, another uh, place uh, at a hotel where I was traveling. And uh, they started looking at my my uh, my driver's license and said, oh, I, I, I listened to a guy uh, read a guy's devotional but similar to that name because it was giving my real name Omar Smallwood Hillman III instead of Oz Hillman. And so I look at her, and my friend looks at her, and she goes bonkers. <laughs> it was a very funny scene. Mm. So it's fun to see those kinds of things where God used you. It's it's great. And the multiplication factor, and that's really what you know what we're trying to do in our work. Remember, just trying to draw attention to ministries like yours that are making an impact each and every day just by equipping. It's discipleship. You're doing online discipleship each and every day. And I want to encourage people to get signed up for that daily email, todaygodisfirst.com, todaygodisfirst.com. And then you you mentioned a couple of times that there's a lot of resources out there available at the tgifbookstore.com. And of course, you can get there to everywhere from marketplaceleaders.org. So there's lots of ways to find Oz Hillman and all the resources. When you look at the Change Agent Network and where it started and where it's going, what do you think the, the next step is for the Change Agent Network? Where do you see that growing? My heart has always been to raise up leaders, kind of like uh, William Wilberforce, who walked with about 18 other individuals, and they call themselves the Clapham Group. Clapham was the city in England. But Wilberforce is best known for the abolishment of slavery in England after 30 years of work. But uh, he really walked with 18 other individuals that were all reformers, and they had over 69 world-changing initiatives as a result of their leveraging each other's resources and talents and, and gifting. And so my vision for the Change Agent Network is for these leaders to come together and build a vision and get equipped to really be uh, the people that God wants to, to use in these last days. When you look at just the collaboration that's happening in the kingdom, and I, and I, t- I talk to people all day long, and you look at how you—you're you're almost that introduction piece. You introduce people to the whole idea of connecting their faith in the work. You do, you do discipleship through the Change Agent Network and, of course, through the TodayGodIsFirst.com emails. What is— What's God have you on the path to do next? What, what's he calling you to do? Because you're always thinking. You're a marketing guy. You're a sales guy. You, you, you're always, you're a visionary. What is God saying, Oz, this is next? Well, for the last seven years or so, I've, I've been a bit hidden in terms of uh, I haven't been traveling as I used to. 
and I've been doing more smaller regional training of my change agent workshop and my Joseph Calling workshop. And this year, for the first time, I felt like to do uh, a national conference on the seven cultural mountains uh, of influence. And so we're planning for 2019 in the spring to do an international conference uh, on this topic of the seven cultural mountains um, that you and I haven't talked about that on this show yet, but it's another part of the passion I have to equip leaders. Well, and we can absolutely, as you get... We get maybe within six months of that. What's the dates of that international conference on the uh, cultural mountains? We actually don't have the date yet. We're in the process of securing some major um, speakers, uh, and we're trying to get their calendars first before we lock in a date because we have some particular people that we want to be uh, speakers. So. Uh, I'll actually be speaking to one of them this weekend in, in uh, Washington. Well, when you've got those dates, you let me know so we can actually talk. So we can absolutely talk about it here, and I work for him and make sure people know. Getting lots of advanced warning on getting connected to that. Oz, right before the break, we we're talking about the seven cultural mountains of influence, and really, that's what change agents are. They're they're people that are recognizing they're calling their place within those seven cultural influence places. Talk about what those. What is that all about, the seven cultural mountains of influence? Well, in 1975, Bill Bright and Lauren Cunningham met for the very first time, and they were heads of some ministries to young people. But uh, strangely, the week they met each other, God spoke to them individually and said, you know, if we're going to influence the world, it's going to have to be through these seven areas that have the most influence in people's lives, business, government media, arts and entertainment, family, religion, and education. These are the areas that many people form their views, their worldview, and uh, can steer them in either good or bad directions. And so uh, we really need to have more young people raised up to go into these areas and have greater influence in the world. And we discovered that it only takes 3 to 5% of a leadership at the top of one of these cultural spheres to actually shift that mountain. And so that's an amazing statistic that we have documented and verified through uh, some case studies. Well, and it's, and we all, you know, as much as I hate to go glass half empty, we need to recognize that three to 5% of people can shift a country because three to 5% of our country has shifted it away from traditional marriage. Three to 5% shifted a hundred percent of us away I mean, it made our country recognize, uh, you know, that marriage wasn't just between a man and a woman. That was one of those cultural influences. But we've got the power to influence in a positive way. And, and that's really what the idea is behind these seven cultural mountains. How does being part of the Change Agent Network help connect that idea between my faith, and my work and my place within those cultural influence place, the mountains? Well, the Change Agent Network, we have courses like we have a seven part course on the seven cultural mountains, Uh, we have a change agent 20-part course uh, that gets into those areas. And so it's a tremendous equipping tool to help people understand how to, you know, embrace that and how to experience it in their own life. All right. So those, you you mentioned the the seven categories of business, government, um, medical, did I, did I write down? I was writing it down so fast. No, media. That was media. Sorry. Sorry. I couldn't read my yeah. writing. Business, Business government. government, media, arts and entertainment, family, education, and religion. Is that correct? Right. Okay. Correct. 
All right. So when you look at each one of our jobs, everybody listening is in one of those spots, correct? For the most part, you can probably discover that, uh, you know, there's subcategories to those areas, but uh, most of the people are going to fall into some of those areas. So how do you, when you try to speak truth into somebody, you try to say, okay, here's here's your job, uh, here's what you're doing, Here's I mean, how do you encourage people to connect their faith to understanding the influence and the position that God has given them right where they're at each and every day, 45 to 50 hours a week? Well, I think we just need to understand that, you know, we need to realize that we are not called to segment our lives, uh, and there is no sacred secular, and the devil wants us to believe there is. Uh, you know, our good friend, you and I know Doug Spada, who wrote a book called Monday Morning Atheist. Unfortunately, many people go to work Monday acting like a Monday morning atheist because uh, they haven't been trained to really experience God in their work. You know, when God came to Moses at the burning bush, he says, uh, you know, take off your shoes for your own holy ground. Well, what made that ground holy? It was his workplace as a shepherd out there in the fields, and it was because God's presence was there. And then he began to relate to him around his staff. He says, what's that in your hand? And he says, well, Lord, it's my staff. And he says, I'm going to perform miracles through that staff. I'm going to deliver a people through that staff and perform miracles with it. And so that staff represented his vocation as a shepherd. And so we need to understand that God wants to use uh, our, quote, donkeys. You know, remember when Jesus told the disciples, go untie that donkey. I want to ride him into the city. Well, that donkey represented a commercial item. It was like the pickup truck of their day. He says, I'm going to ride it, and I'm going to use your donkey for my purposes so we need to give uh, Jesus our donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And immediately when you said pickup truck, I'm thinking, well, was it a Ford, a Chevy, or a Dodge? Uh, because, you know, as being a, a guy that loves to play out in a pickup truck way out in the country. All right, I'll, I'll go back. I'll get myself back up my weird place. All right, so let's just let's just talk about you. You deal with so many Christ followers in their workplaces all over the country. What is it that you see as a common need, something that you that you hear from them often that, boy, I just need this, or I'm experiencing this, I need to know how to do this. I mean, what do you see as the biggest need in getting people to connect their faith and their work, and how does how does being part of Marketplace Leaders Today God is First and the Change Agent Network help them get there? Well, I think that many people simply don't believe God cares about their work life, uh, and why should he? I mean, I think that's a lie that the devil has told us. Um, but in Colossians 3, it says, whatever you do, do unto the Lord. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. You know, if you think about it, look at the life of Jesus. And God sent his own son on earth and had him work uh, up until age 30 as a carpenter. Now, if I'm God, I'm thinking, well, I got to use him the most I possibly can to evangelize and to preach and to minister. But he kept him hidden for 30 years in a carpenter shop. And then when he decided to uh, initiate his ministry at age 30, uh, he went out and recruited 12 guys, just common guys, in the workplace. Uh, There were no rabbis. There were no theologians. They were all everyday people out there in the workplace. And so that should tell us a great deal about the value that God places on work, and that our work is an actual calling. 
And uh, so much of what Jesus did was in the workplace, you know. Uh, just consider this, um, Jim. Of 132 public appearances in the New Testament, 122 of those were in the marketplace. Of 52 parables Jesus told, 45 had a workplace context. And the 40 divine interventions recorded in Acts 39 were in the marketplace. So we see that Jesus spent more than 50% of his life there as a carpenter, and uh, he called those 12 out of the workplace. Well, when you look, I mean, most of our life is spent outside the four walls of the church, and that's where it is. We, it's Not everybody considers themselves, this is something I've been learning in the last five years, not everybody considers themselves part of the marketplace. People in the government sector, teachers, education, they don't consider themselves part of the marketplace, even though they really are. But that's not they don't consider themselves, but they understand some of them are starting to get this, that their workplace really is a mission field. And, of course, our teachers really know that for sure. So talk to me about you've. You've got this Joseph call this book. I, I, this book that you wrote years ago was the Upside of Adversity, and then you took it to the next level and did a book on the Joseph Calling, and excellent book. Just understanding what God, how God took Joseph from a seventeen-year-old who had a vision from God to a thirty-year-old running the world power, being second in command of the world power, and, and how God did that and what He did with that. What is a Joseph Calling on somebody's life? Well, Jim, I, I discovered in 1995 that I had a Joseph calling uh, through a gentleman from uh, Sweden who spoke into my life after going through some years of adversity, and he said, you have a Joseph calling, uh, you are to be a spiritual and physical provider to others, and you have be known by your adversity. And so uh, Joseph we all know the story of Joseph because he went through extraordinary adversity, but God used that adversity to actually save a nation from starvation. And so it was a marketplace call, um, but it was through great adversity. And so what I found is that uh, I relate to a lot of people throughout the world because of the adversity I went through. I'm able to relate to their own circumstances and help them see it through a different set of lenses. And uh, last year, I wrote a new book called The Joseph Calling, Six Stages to Discover, Navigate, and Fulfill Your Purpose. And so this book helps people understand their adversity. And there's primarily four reasons we all go through adversity. And so it's important for us to understand why we're going through something. But Joseph went through his adversity because of it a consequence of the call on his life. It wasn't because he was such a bad person or he, he did great sin. He had some pride in his life, but certainly what he went through was not commensurate with, you know, his uh, pride. No, and, and, and I've, you know, I never really thought about the fact that there's four different reasons why adversity brings in our life, but I do know that adversity in my life has taken me from who I was to who God can use more effectively. That adversity kind of, it kind of just clean off some of those rough edges and, and and just help me to experience more of God so that I can better live out my faith. You would, I mean, is it possible for somebody to get kind of like some preview chapters of the Joseph Calling book? Uh, absolutely, Jim. We, uh, we're offering the first chapter as well as a 12-week uh, e-book Bible study. Uh, all they have to do is text uh, to the number 54900. 54900, 
and then put the word Joseph in the text area, and they'll immediately get a download of the first chapter of the book, plus a 12-week Bible study on the book. All right, so if they text Joseph to 54900, they text Joseph, they'll get the first chapter of the Joseph Calling book and the 12-week study based on the book. So so really the whole idea is right. introduce them to the idea, but they really should get a copy of the book in order to do the study, correct? Yeah, well, hopefully we do that so that they'll find that the, the book is very helpful to them and go ahead and order the book at, uh, you know, tgiofbookstore.com. But uh, it's a great way to get started. I, that's what I really want to make sure we told people. So they can get introduced to the Joseph Calling book by texting Joseph to 54900, and then you, they'll be able to download a, a uh, the first chapter of the book and get the 12-week study to go along with the book. Check it out. I mean, it's a great small group curriculum, just super small group curriculum. Great concept that every Christ follower needs to understand. All right, text Joseph to 54900, and you will get a copy of the devotional or the, the study that goes along the Joseph Calling book and the first chapter of the Joseph Calling book. We're talking today with Oz Hillman about his ministry, and he's got so many different ways to connect because he's got so many different ways to help you be equipped in the workplace. Todaygodisfirst.com is the website where you go to to sign up for the daily devotionals TGIF today, God is first.com is where I want you to go and sign up for that daily devotional. You will find it to be a huge resource for you. Also, Oz has written many books and has lots of resources out there at TGIFbookstore.com. Check it out. A lot of this can you can get there from going to the main site, marketplaceleaders.org, marketplaceleaders.org, the Change Agent Network. You can find out information about it there. Oz, you mentioned right before the break, you were given away the first chapter of your latest book, The Joseph Calling, as well as the 12-week study that goes along with the book, The Joseph Calling. How do they get a copy of that? Yeah, if they'll just text the message Joseph, the word Joseph, to... Five four nine hundred fifty four nine hundred, and they'll get the first chapter of the book and a twelve week Bible study ebook uh, that goes with that book. Yeah, I have no idea how that works. That's really cool. So they just text Joseph to five four nine zero zero five four nine hundred. They're going to get that first chapter of the Joseph Calling. It sounds like a, it sounds like QVC. Hey, if you call right now, you'll get a copy. Of that. I mean, <laughs> this is really cool stuff. But this is great resources. This is resources that people will be able to use to understand. The calling that God has on their lives and the Joseph calling, how God uses sometimes desert type experiences to just shape us into the people that he can use selfless. I mean, when you look at what Joseph turned out to be, he turned out to be a selfless leader that transformed a region of a country really with the great, with the world power of that time, Egypt. And, and but God needed him to be selfless and, and not to be vengeful because he had a lot of reasons to have some bitterness issues, but yet he didn't. Uh, and, and so the Joseph Calling, just give your 30-second infomercial on the book, The Joseph Calling. Well, The Joseph Calling book helps you understand the role adversity plays in your call. And uh, one of the things I talk about in that book are the six stages of a call that uh, almost every leader in the Bible I saw went through, especially Joseph. And I went through these stages, and it's very helpful to understand these stages because God's process sometimes is, is very um, very difficult to reconcile in our mind. Uh, sometimes I think we don't understand what the Scriptures say about calling and what the process is to get to the larger story of our life. And I found these six stages very 
very much a part of almost every leader's life. I think also Christ followers struggle with the concept of time, that God is not in a hurry. He, you know, he may be busy, but he's never in a hurry. And that's what Jesus demonstrated. He was always busy, but he was never in a hurry. And with with us in our lives, it seems like it takes a while. I mean, we, you know, God may lay a vision like he did on Joseph's heart at 17, but it wasn't until he was 30 that it actually came to fruition. He laid it on Moses's heart at 40, but he didn't get his, he didn't get the, he didn't get the staff of leadership until he was 80 years old. I mean, all that is preparation time. That's sometimes hard to take though, isn't it, us? Well, it is. And, you know, I went through a seven-year season that I thought was, took forever. Uh, and then, um, you know, God's taking me through other seasons that have been difficult. And so, you know, I agree, just not in, seem to be in a hurry. But as they say, he's never late, you know. So That's for sure. Uh, just have to trust him uh, to take us through those seasons. Because, you know, whenever we go through a major adversity, it's really uh, a process of an upgrade with God to the point that he's going to use us. And anything that we uh, successfully navigate and with God, he'll turn that into greater anointing in our life to free others in the same area. Yeah, I mean, he never wastes an experience. That, that's so well said. All right, so you are a prolific book writer. You got, one in the, you got another one in the books, on, in the works is what I meant to say. You got another book in the works. Uh, actually, uh, I don't. Uh, I'm uh, I'm updating a few other books that I've done that have been around and need to be updated. So that's what I'm doing right now. And I'm creating more courses, online courses. Uh, for instance, we've got a new course coming up uh, that your listeners might like to know about is You Are a Change Agent Masterclass. It's a seven-session class that starts on March 20th. And uh, they can find information on that if they go to tgibookstore.com. And we have a 30-minute web class that's free that they can access first just to check it out. And a lot of good content in that 30-minute web class. Well, the beauty of those web classes is that as they're recorded, then people can watch this stuff whenever. They don't have to be – it doesn't have to be at noon. It doesn't have to be at 10 o'clock in the morning. I mean, those things, once once you've taught it, they're there. They're recorded. People can – go back and watch them, right? They can pay to go back and watch that stuff, right? Exactly, exactly. And that's, so many people listening are like, we're busy, We don't. I can't do it during daytime hours. Like, no problem. Uh, Oz Hillman's got stuff available for you and you can watch it 24 hours a day. You don't, you can watch it while you exercise as long as you got a notepad because you're going to want to take notes. <laughs> All right, so a lot of resources we've talked about, but I want I want you to share, what do you see as the biggest trends upcoming here in the faith and work movement? As as there are now thousands of ministries that I have seen, I, I don't know, but you probably know, you probably know more than I do, of these ministries around the country that are, are discipling and encouraging people to connect their faith and the work, connect what they hear on Sunday with what they do in their nine to five. What do you see as the trends? Where, where's it going next? Well, you know, Jim, uh, I, I'm encouraged by uh, I've run into people that have picked up the message and that have put their own creative spin on how to apply it in their circle of influence. You and I recently met a man who's publishing a magazine called World Changer Magazine, mm-hmm. and uh, it was so encouraging to hear his story. He's a millennial, and God is using him to cast the vision for the seven mountain message to his generation. And so I see myself as playing more of a father role in that situation and helping to 
connect him to people and uh, just, you know, helping him understand some of the things that we fought over the years to be able to help him navigate this. And it was a real encouragement to my heart to see that he was doing that and that he had a whole group behind him in uh, Bend, Oregon, that God was using him for. Yeah, it's so incredible. I can't wait to see what comes out of that. As this year, I believe that will blow up. It's so exciting. All right, so I know the faith and work movement. As you look at, you know, the two of us, we represent the boomer and the extra generations, but the millennials coming up today, and and some of them are now calling themselves exennials because they they don't want to be connected to just the millennials and 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 how we've described them. They they they're they're kind of combination, you know, generation Xers and millennials. The all of these people, they look, the, the millennials for sure, are looking at life differently. How do you see them looking at faith and work? Well, Jim, this is probably an area that I'm a little discouraged with, that I don't see the kind of movement that we saw in our generation around this topic yet. Um, you know, George Barna did a research back in 2012, and he found that 84% of Christian 18 to 29-year-olds admit that they have no idea how the Bible applies to their field or professional interest. I got to tell you, that uh, that busted my balloon. Uh, I felt like, oh my gosh, we've been doing this for 20 years, and, and we still have so much more work to do among the young people coming up. So that's another uh, trumpet call to our pastors and church leaders that there's a need to equip these young people to understand the faith dimension of their life and how it applies to their working life. And so my heart is that there'll be some young uh, millennials that'll uh, also see this message and begin to be catalyst in their generation. What would the world look like if Christ followers all realized that their, their potential change agent networks, that their work really matters to God? What would our world look like if that happened? Oh, you know, I actually did that in my book, Change Agent. I actually, at the end of every uh, chapter on each of the seven cultural mountains, I said, here's what it would look like if we were successful. Uh, And I saw things like a lower crime rate, uh, better economy for the world, uh, more money given to Christian causes, uh, less corruption in the world. Um, Just so many positive things can come out of that when people understand how to bring and experience Christ in their working life. Mm. And the fact that the eternity of millions is at stake because they're not going to go to church, but we can bring Jesus to our workplaces. That That's the end game. Oz Hillman, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Thanks for sharing your life. Thanks for being a patriarch in this movement. Thanks for being a mentor to me. Thank you for bringing todaygodisfirst.com to hundreds of thousands of people across the globe. Thank you, Oz Hillman. Amen. Thank you, Jim. It's a great time. When we come, well, we come to the end of the show. I almost want to keep going, but we run out of time. Make sure you check out Oz online today. Godisfirst.com. Today, Godisfirst.com. And his bookstore, TGIFbookstore.com. You've been listening to I Work for Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Just remember each and every day to say it with me I work for him.